We are on, what is this, season two, season two, episode three, and you know what? The hits keep coming, because today we actually have Johnny, and uh, his last name is right? That's how you pronounce it? Just Yeah, it depends on what area of the country. Uh, Robidoux. Robidoux, yeah. all right, yeah. That's uh, that's what? Oh, French-Canadian. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. I was going <laughs> to say, another that's French-Canadian like f- person, you know, Bouchard. Rabadou, oh, I yeah. got you. I got you. I know there's neck somewhere mm-hmm. in there, being all weird and whatnot. His name's not Shushevsky. It's, <laughs> it's not even close to a Polak. <laughs> I think we'd yeah. have to edit that out. Isn't that actually a racial slur toward Polish people? I don't know. Is I, it? Dan Cummins makes I don't know, fun not of. Not really. Okay, good. I was gonna I, say. I feel like once you start making fun of more just like generic curly-haired people, you're good. Well, like Italians and Polish and is Polish white and, as white can be, man. And so. we got curly hair. I love that. Uh, wasn't wasn't Columbo Peter Falk? Isn't he Polish? I don't think so, man. There's too Pretty many. Pretty sure. There's too or many. Or he's Romanian. I know he's not Italian. Probably Romanian. Because yeah. there's too many. Na- there's too many uh, vowels in his name. Not enough consonants. Peter Falk. Yeah. Okay. Dude. Anyway, that's how you tell a Polish the, uh, name is a bunch of consonants all together and like. Bleh. We're off to a good start with the one ounce part. What? Okay, I got something I gotta say about Polish people. It's not bad. Um, my best friend growing up was Polish, and he played the accordion. <laughs> he learned it from his grandfather, <laughs> and yes. he is he was ridiculously good at it. So we had in the small town next to us there was like a Polish community, and they had these like. They would do this like line dance type thing. The polka. And they would like travel and perform. And he was sitting in the back playing accordion. Yes. <laughs> that is awesome. <sighs> you know, I wish that, uh, I wish Italians had something that cool. Mandolin, buddy. Anyway, welcome uh, to the one ounce pour. Now that we're officially started, raise your glass. Chin chin. And I think now we can get going today. Um, for all of those that don't know, Today is actually a special day in Utah. It is a uh, pie and beer day. It is a national state. State, buddy. <laughs> state buddy. It is a state observed holiday. It is a uh, yeah pie and beer day, and it comes from the making fun of of uh, Tom's people. Pioneer day. I don't know why you keep referring to them as my people. At this point, you're probably more Mormon than I am. You went on a mission. You have an Elder Tom like name badge for like three days. Well, you still got it more I than got, I do. I got. So anyway, I, uh, I got. To, no, mine doesn't say Elder Tom. It says <laughs> brother, El, uh, sister. Oh, El Churche. I was going to a Spanish speaking. Oh, okay. So all right. So uh, what Pioneer Day is was uh, all of Tom's people with their hand carts because they didn't know that donkeys and horses existed. Went all the way across the country, met a bunch of the natives killed them and then I think that's I think that's just American history land. there buddy I think that's just American history buddy I hate to say that Oh no for sure <laughs> but uh nobody celebrates taking land from natives like the Mormons 4th of July No that's 
Are you, are you dense? I was going to say Thanksgiving. The 4th of oh, yeah. July Thanksgiving, is yeah, that works too. Independence <laughs> Day. <laughs> what? Wait, that was Day. our independence from Britain. And our independence from uh, All right, never mind. Stop I'm not going to... This is like a... This is turning into a history podcast, and nobody likes a history podcast. Happy Pie and Beer Day. So all of us non-locals uh, like Tom, we decide that uh, on this day, we eat pie... Wait a minute. Have Were you born in Utah? I was not. No. Oh, you weren't? Yeah. No, neither was I. I said that one show. I was like, I was born here. And then everybody ripped on me. I was like, you weren't born here. <laughs> I, was, I like, was basically, I mean, like, I was from a young age living in Utah. Oh, so. okay. Yeah. Anyway, happy pie and beer day. Have a piece of pie. Drink your beer. Make sure if it's apple pie, you put a little bit of cheese on it. Hey, so uh, as a... Minnesotan? North Dakotan. North Dakotan. Do you put cheese on your apple pie? No. What? No. I I feel... The only time I ever... I've always had ice cream with it. But what about like a slice of American or cheddar cheese on your apple pie, but like oh, baked good and crispy on there? I feel like that's something your nah, people would do. That sounds about right. Yeah. Like you yeah. guys fry cheese curds, right? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Everything. What part of the Those co- are amazing. What part of North Dakota are you from? Like the very northeast corner. It's like, I don't know how familiar you are, but like I was like 40 minutes north of Grand Forks. Oh, okay. So you're you're yeah. like banging on the border. Like you're probably what, two hours away from Duluth? Uh, probably three hours. Three? I think. Okay. Yeah, because you have to go all the way across Minnesota. Oh, okay. Mm. Minnesota. Minnesota. All right. Minnesota. So now that uh, Johnny's already been talking and Tom's already been touching my leg, let's go straight into Tom Eats. Tom Eats. All right, man. This is probably the place you've eaten. Slackwater. Oh, fuck. Yes. That place, I don't know how they do it. The best pizza I've ever had. It's yep. like a personal size pizza, and it's on like their their dough is basically donut yeah. dough. It's, it, they're, yeah, their pizza dough is amazing, but the thing I like is it's not, it's not those little bullshit personal pan pizzas that you used to get at Pizza Hut, and you're like, well, I'm still hungry. I want to get a real pizza. It's like, a good size, like what, eight to ten inch, not overly. It, it's just like the perfect meal size. It was great. I love that. But and yeah. they have, I think it's like five or six pages. Yeah. Of beer. Their beer selection is. I mean, it's massive. They yeah. have all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, you know, some like hidden stuff from local places, hidden stuff from you know some uh like Roadhouse and such. Yeah. So yeah, Slackwater. I would yeah definitely put a big old thumbs up on that. Slackwater place. is good. Fantastic. Good place. Good yeah. place. Hey, to follow up, I went to Nashville and uh, you were talking about Pretty Bird and Hot Chicken, Nashville Hot Chicken. Yep. I actually went to two different hot chicken joints while I was in Nashville. How were they? One of them was called Party Fowl. Nice. Spelt like you know fowl. <laughs> Okay. And uh, that place was delicious. It I got the medium because people were like, never get hot. You'll burn your balls off. Right. So I got the medium. Still, I it was almost unedible. Seriously. Getting all the way through it was in, impossible. It was a whole half a bird that they deep fried the whole half Holy of a bird. Shit. And you know, like Nashville hot chicken, they deep fry it in the hot oils. Yeah. And like spicy oils, not like... Right. Yeah, it's also hot. Uh, and then, yeah, you just kind of pull everything off the bone. Then everybody kept telling me that I had to go to, it was so, it was like a really big place. Everybody was telling me I had to go there and I wish I would have remembered it. Damn it. That's how good it was. I didn't even remember it. I went there and everybody was raving about this place. And I went in there and I got the mild yeah. because the medium about kicked my ass and the mild was nothing. And the chicken wasn't that great. There's a long line. 
It's hot as hell. It's kind of like when I went back to Philly. Um, everybody's like, oh, you got to go to, I think it's Pat's. Pat's and Geno's are the ones. I, I was like, I'm not going to do this. So I looked up a list online of like best cheesesteaks. Went to three different ones that were still like busy, but they weren't a mile long line and way better because I actually did finally have Pat's. And I'm like, yeah, no. And Johnny, have you ever uh, put something in your mouth and been like, God, that's good? <laughs> I, my biggest, like, that's not really a guilty pleasure, but it's by far my favorite food. I love fried chicken. Oh, yeah? Nice. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're uh, not even going to talk about Tom's fried chicken at all on the show. Not once. Okay? We've done it too many fucking times. It sounds like an annoying plug. No. We're done. I don't have a goddamn business that I'm plugging here, so... <laughs> Tom yeah. has good fried chicken, but go um, on. Quick is question. There a place, hold on. Is there a place near you that um, you go to a lot? Want to give a little... Hey, nothing, hey, hey. nothing nothing, any good. It's like a Popeye's and like KFC because it's uh, all chains, but I've, I've been to New Orleans. I went there once when I was like in high school for like a mission trip, and I had it, and I was like, oh, God, this is... This is awesome. It has all the Cajun spice and everything. And I've gone back there two other times since then, mostly just to eat. <laughs> nice. Okay, yeah. so when you fry, if you make your own homemade fried chicken, mm-hmm. use potato starch. Don't use flour. Corn starch yeah. is an okay alternative, but use potato starch. It gives a way better crisp, and it sticks to the chicken way better than those other ones do. I, I like dredge them, so like I do... I do the flour, then I put them in the batter, and then I go back to the flour. Right. That's usually what I do. But the cornstarch, I'll have to try. Yeah. Is that what you said, right? Potato. Potato starch. Potatoes. Go to your there Asian. You go. go to your own to your local Asian mart. That's where they'll have it. Okay. Tip top. I'll have to try that next time. That that would sound fantastic. So what about Drew's Bruce Cruise? Oh, it's time for Drew's Bruce Cruise. Yep. Now, like I said, I was in Nashville. So I got to give a shout out to a couple of different places. Jackalope Brewery in Nashville was amazing. They had a really good um, Pilsner in there. Nice. Enjoyed that. But the place that blew my mind, because I went to a couple different spots, but the place that blew my mind was the Bearded Iris in Nashville. Nice. And here's why. They they brought me my beer. I drank it, and it was uh, hazy. And I asked the lady, I was like, is this on nitro? And she's like, no, actually, that's our new micro CO2 filter thingy. Oh, nice. So they have a way that they can actually dial in the CO2 into like a micro CO2 is how she described it. So it basically gives you that creamy head like you would have on a nitro draft. Oh, nice. It was amazing. So yeah, check it out. Bearded Iris, Nashville. When you said Jackalope, I thought you were talking about that hole-in-the-wall bar down in Salt Lake. No, no, I'm talking Jackalope Brewery. That place was good as well. They had a cool, fun atmosphere. I also went to uh, the Nashville Brewing... No, wait, Tennessee Brewing Company. And they had live music. So everywhere in Nashville has, like, stupid live music going on all the time. Oh, yeah. So that was a lot of fun. But that's been Drew's Brews Cruise. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, let's get into some hobbies, because that's what this whole fucking show's about, let's huh? Let's do it. All right. Yeah. Cool. So we're going to jump straight in. Johnny, what's your hobby, man? Uh, it's the hobby you brought me on here to talk about is golf. Ooh. A little nice. bit of shaft, a little bit of balls, a little bit of holes. Mm-hmm. These are all golf terms. Woods. A little bit of woods. Yeah. Yes. That's golf. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The green. The green. Mm-hmm. Chipping. There we go. <laughs> Birdie. 
I know. I know you, this game. I know this game. It was invented by the Scottish. We all know. Give us oh, a history yeah, lesson. That's that's truly right my people. Where did golf start? For you. I'm, I'm, for me? <laughs> yes, for you. Well, it started because my dad is a is a golf nut. So he used to he used to play hockey and he everybody once they they the joke is, is once you finish playing hockey and baseball's the same thing, then you either become a degenerate gambler or else a golfer, which supplements both <laughs> and so he started golfing because he moved around a lot he used to be the the store manager of pomida i don't know if you remember what that is no idea so what it used Pomita. to be this like it's like a walmart but half the size and mm, not nearly okay. as good so it's like an it's <laughs> it's like an upscale family dollar okay and so they're out of business now, but that's like what he used to do. And he would like travel to all these like little towns in North Dakota and Minnesota and like be the manager there. So he didn't have any friends, so he would just go golf. And then once I became three, then he started bringing me along. And to my golf? first club was like one. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. And so like my first club was his old driver and he cut off the shaft and wrapped it with hockey tape. <laughs> <laughs> And that was my club. It was just a club. And you you so. played golf before hockey then? E, no, about the same time probably. Oh, okay. It's, my my hockey journey is completely different than Sam's. Sam's is <laughs> Sam's is crazy. For those that don't okay. know, check out our last show where we interviewed beautiful Sam and his hockey experience and mountain biking and all sorts of other weird stuff. But go on. <laughs> so like where I grew up, it's the land it's flat so you can i joked like i went to north dakota last week for my fiance's sister's wedding and we were i sent like a snapchat because like i don't think they understand how flat it is and so i'm like driving down this interstate and i like i'm not touching the steering wheel going like 80 miles an hour just like panoramic around because no one's on the interstate and i was like oh sam you could watch your dog raven run away for two days out here <laughs> <laughs> But so there really isn't nothing to do in the winter. It's insanely cold, insanely windy. So all my friends, we just, that's the thing to do was hockey. It was easy. You don't, <laughs> one of the rinks we played in, they didn't even have like a refrigeration unit under the ice. They just like opened a window and it would freeze. <laughs> I was going to say where he's from, just, where you're from, Johnny, he gets down to about what? Negative 20, negative 30. Oh, on a warm day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say consistently you're hitting those temperatures. Yeah, there was one day with like the wind chill, it hit like negative 85 when I was in college, and our toilet water froze in our toilet inside our house. What? It gets cold so back there, man. It was, it was so cold, and our bathroom faces north, so it was a big north wind, and like it ate through like all the insulation in the window, and it froze our toilet water. So we couldn't have, we didn't have running water for like two days. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, Why do was, people live in that cool. kind of situation? And you chose to then go to college in that exact same environment. <laughs> Why? It was cheap. It was right. so cheap. No, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, University of North Dakota? Yep. Yeah, it's it's just unbelievable. I don't know why people stick around there. <laughs> I mean, there you has to be something. Is there like really good meth out there or something? No, not really. No, no good meth. Okay. <laughs> no. Because no. you sure shit can't grow uh, weed out there. <laughs> no, their weed is awful. Oh my God. I remember the cops are just standing we, there. Yeah, it's about two miles that way. I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go bust them. 
yeah. That old Johnny's at it again. <laughs> but it's it's nuts because like I went back there and I forgot how humid it is there. So like realistically, we get you're just adding to this of- beautiful picture. So it's fucking cold. <laughs> oh, it's also humid. It's flat. I got more. Don't worry. Okay, so, good. Like, real yeah. realistically, we got two good weeks of weather in the spring, two good weeks of weather in the fall. The rest is either unbearably cold and snowy and windy, or else it's hot and muggy. And it's always windy. But if it's not windy, the mosquitoes are so bad, it'll, they'll like pick you up and carry you away. <laughs> but the... The people are so nice. The That's what people, everyone says. The people. There we go. It's the people. That's no, that's really just good strip clubs, huh? No, I think there's like two or three. There used to be one in this like there used to be one in this like tiny town where my stepdad would go fishing, and I remember like we went there during this pond hockey tournament, and it was it was comical. But I drove by it like last week on my when we were driving out to that wedding, and it looks disgusting there's like siding coming off the walls you can see like tyvek on like three quarters of the place and oh it's i don't think it's open anymore okay i was okay. gonna say <laughs> they still have the same women from when you were a kid oh johnny yeah. welcome back <laughs> we've had two more kids since you've been here before and my kids kids have had kids yeah but there is some things that are really cool about it like there's really good goose and duck hunting like really good and the white-tailed de- there's white-tailed deer everywhere you used to be able to i used to be able to get like two tags with my bow and then i'd get like a gun tag nice wow. and so yeah so you can like the hunting is is pretty great a eh? my stepdad bought 180 acres up in like the very northeast corner so believe it or not we actually have a let's, ski resort hold on there. let's get let's get personal with this you keep saying your stepdad, and I feel like we're just we're alienating him. What's his name? Kent. Kent. So you and Kent. Yeah. There we go. I like that because so now I feel like I feel like Kent's part of this podcast with us. Is he still with us? We should... Oh yeah, okay, we should Kent. call him. Like, he, he's a homie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, spirit mediums, but... give me the power to connect to Kent. <laughs> All right, so you and Kent. So he bought this like 180 acres up in this area called Walhalla. Oh, there's like a Ken's got a money. Huge, well, he bought it like 180 acres. He bought it for like 80 grand, like 15 years ago. And the plot next to him, like same acreage, sold for 1.3 million Oof. last year. Oof. Like so, it's kind of nuts. Like the land grab that's going on up there. Oh, it's happening wow. everywhere. Utah is everywhere. exploding right now. It's so stupid. Yeah. I'm yeah, part of that, so I can't say anything. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, say it, yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm part of the problem too. I bought a house here last year, so where in in Lolo? Oh, in in Lolo. Okay, all right. Yeah. So like, Sam is like two miles south of me. Oh, very cool. Because that is on my bucket list of places to get the hell out and go move to. Dude, you should. Lolo's a great town. It's not even like technically a community. It's like unincorporated. Really? So yeah. So we I was going to say, so now you went to UND. Did you play hockey up there? I played at a small college my freshman year. I played college there. Okay. And I went knee on knee with a dude and blew my knee out, so Ooh. I was kind of done. And then I transferred to North Dakota and I just golfed. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah, I 
if you play for the UND hockey team, you you wouldn't you would just play pro. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I was going to say, I know a lot of I know a lot of NHLers come out of UND, so I didn't know yeah. if you uh, were part it's, of the program or. No, no, I'm not nearly good enough for that. I I wouldn't be here talking to you guys. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Well, good deal. So when okay, when you started golfing, where did you guys start at? Did you start out at the local courses, or did you just kind of follow your dad like when he went to the different towns? Like, how did that go down? Yeah, I followed my dad when he went to different towns, but when he kind of settled down, he got a different job once I was born. Okay. And he sold crop insurance, so he stuck around the town I grew up in, Grafton, and okay. they have like a little nine-hole course, and that kind of acted as my daycare. My mom would... Bring me to the course at nine o'clock, drop me off, pick me up at six. <laughs> that is hilarious. We we had a charge account too, so like I would go and I would get like chicken nuggets and fries. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. that would be my lunch and I'd just go out and keep playing. We had there was five of us that did that. Really? Like five of my buddies I grew up with, yeah. I'm guessing so I'm guessing you played like golf in high school then like yeah. on, on your golf team. How did yeah. that work for like so it sounds like you guys like the five of you guys were pretty good like did you guys take state or how did that work? We we like to drink. Oh. <laughs> so we would go and we would for example there was this one course that it was pretty traditionally was our state course cuz it was the we were class B so all the small schools. Okay. It was the only town that had an 18 hole course. So we would and it was right next to my buddy's lake cabin. So we would go up a day before, drink at the cabin, and then go play our practice round. And we're all like still drunk. And then the next day we would be hung over. And then the day after that, we didn't want to play anymore. So like one time we were like in the lead by like five or six strokes. And then we finished like sixth. Oh, <laughs> oh man. I was going to say, we've all had those days where it's like, I am done. No, it was, it was, it was fun though. Nice. Good deal. <laughs> yeah. So, so when you got to UND and you were playing, did you, so did you play on their golf team on UND's golf team then? Yeah. Okay. Good deal. So what schools yeah. like, did you play against or like, was it regional or did you guys go all across the country? How did that work? We went pretty decently across. There was go down to Kansas a lot weirdly large amount of courses there they went out east a fair amount but it was like all like schools up and down like the valley so like like ndsu nebraska omaha and like not like the big deep like like your minnesotas and stuff like that not your big 10 schools is all like the smaller okay schools okay so kind of i'm trying to think here of some different schools that were kind of so you like creighton and stuff like that yeah. Kind of like so I only did that. Yeah. I only did that golf team my sophomore year. And then I just kind of stopped. Oh, it was okay. a lot of time. Cause you would be like gone for like almost like a week and a half. Like you'd be gone for like 10 days and it just got hard. Wow. So you were gone you for know? 10 days at a time trying to keep up school in addition to doing that. Yeah. And the, the, the sucky thing is it's not like, you're playing at like an Alabama or an LSU where you're like, Oh, after this, I'm going to the tour, you know, it's right. I'm do this. Then I'm going to go sell life insurance or some, whatever somebody's doing, you know? Yeah. So, okay. So that kind of brings me back to the next question is like, so how do you, what pow, what schools are power schools for golf? And like, 
what schools like usually send guys to the tour after that? Alabama's a good one. Like they had, I don't know how familiar are are with like golf and stuff. Uh, I know the University of Utah had a team, and one of my fraternity brothers played on it, and that's about yeah. my extent of college golf. What about like pro golf? Very limited. I know about the tour and the LIV like issues right now, but like, yeah, you know, because I know like Kansas, they send a ton of people to the NBA. You know, Alabama obviously sends a ton of people to the NFL. I'm just wondering if there's a school that sends a ton of people to the tour after they get done. Uh, Florida, Florida, Florida State do a lot. Um, like Justin Thomas went to um, went to Alabama. Arizona State, obviously, they had like Phil Mickelson, John Rom, and like they always have sick kids. Or like the Southern California schools always do pretty well too. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Although. Basically yeah. all the warm schools, so kind of like where baseball is really big in college baseball, same thing with golf. Yeah. Okay. Essentially, yeah. That and also, obviously, the University of North Dakota, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, like, probably the coolest college sport to play, and I'll tell you why. So we would always go to school, like, about a month and a half early. So we would go with, like, the volleyball players and the football players. So we would get up and we would go play like 18 holes, dink around the golf course, yada, yada, yada. Then when you'd come back and we would go to like the dining hall and you see all the football and volleyball players and they're like sore from two days, got ice packs up and down their bodies. And we just like walk in with golf clothes and we're eating and talking like, oh, we might go out and play another 18 tonight. (laughs) And these guys are just hating their lives. (laughs) Oh man, that would suck. Pretty good sport to sport to play. Yeah, yeah. It's the best social sport. Yeah, I think I was gonna say. I think it's one of the only sports you could get a little intoxicated. Obviously, not like blitzed or anything, and still be pretty good at it. There's like a select. I know a handful of people who, regardless of how drunk they get, they get better as they're drunker. That's like pool for some people. You ever met that guy that just like can't stand, but then he sinks every ball yeah one of one of the guys in my wedding party next year is one of those guys it's it's stupid he'll drink like a bud light and a half a hole and he'll like start out getting bogeys and then he like finishes the stretch like three under in the last five holes it's stupid (laughs) and he can barely walk he's like driving the cart like through trees and through grass (laughs) and crap like ends the day and is like how'd i do <laughs> the sad part is he doesn't even care like we're keeping track of his score he's just <laughs> it's it's dumb if you want like a good like little johnny golf Ooh, story yes. little johnny got... story so when i was like six or seven i built a hole like so we are our house sat on two city lots. So it was a pretty big yard. And so I bought a, I convinced my mom to buy me a little real mower, you know, like the ones you yeah. push. Cause it can get like stupid short to the ground. And so I made a hole in our yard and then about a week into having it, my mom said, I'm not allowed to have the hole in the house anymore. <laughs> Cause like when I was just like a little punk, I was using real golf balls and our house has three story window. It's three stories tall. I cranked one and it went left and it hit the second story window through my mom's bedroom. Oh. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. It's, you know, children are, are funny because you want them to get into, you know, what you like. 
And then all of a sudden they get into it and then you're like, oh shit, this is really dangerous and destructive yeah. and <laughs> costs a lot of money. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was just like when my dad bought me like a four wheeler about this. He got me this like little 50 CC four wheeler and I would go like rip donuts in the yard when they weren't home. And then they took that privilege away from me pretty fast. <laughs> mm. You start doing donuts, Did man. You- That's, I, I assume this is on grass. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All that hard work and dedication and you're just out there goosing it. Oh yeah. Yeah, they 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 were not happy about that. So that that goes into it a little bit on has your hobby ever gotten you in trouble? But as an adult, has your hobby ever gotten you into a situation or you've just been like this is too much? Uh like when you're playing for 10 bucks and you don't have 10 bucks. <laughs> I mean that could definitely <laughs> that be could a, definitely be one a yeah. situation. Yeah. I mean, uh, I I know there's people that are so into golf as a hobby that they'll like get surgeries to change parts of their ligament structure or something to do golf better. Okay, the, the only reason I know about this is there was like I'm not like just bullshitting, ske- right? This is a real thing, right? I think it it has to be a real thing because obviously, like I saw it on a sketch comedy thing, so obviously it has to be rooted in some sort of truth. There was like this guy, and he started golfing, and like everyone was telling him how good he is, and he like took it really serious, and like his like wife and his kids left him, and he just because he built like a simulator in their living room, and he was just hitting balls all day. He got elective surgery to move a thigh muscle into his forearm wait wait wait, like wait 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 this is um oh what is that show it was, it was that was a funny ass show it was uh yeah it's about the guy who conned everybody and then he had to go back and make my name is earl because he kept he kept putting the guy's ball into the hole <laughs> yes. and the guy thought he was getting all these holes in one so he'd buy everybody drinks and earl would hang out at the clubhouse <laughs> to get the free drinks that is a hundred percent right. Yes. I could not remember. You know what? I know it was a TV this is, show. This is where I'm also getting my. I just realized that I'm getting my like people. Okay, so scratch all of that because I think we're both just basing this off of my name is Earl and we shouldn't be. <laughs> but they have to make it like it has to be rooted in some sort of truth. I you would think so. It, I think we need to find somebody that has had elective golf surgeries. Tom's busting out his phone, so we're going to get to the bottom of this. But before we get to the bottom of this, you haven't had any elective no. surgery? Okay, good. Oh, no. Good, no. good. I had an elective surgery to help me, but it was not for golf. It was just to make sure that my sperm didn't make any more yeah. babies. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're populating the earth too fast. Too much. I mean, two kids is too you're much. Like two rabbits. Bouchards is too much so you know snip snip now i I think i'm better at sports though just from oh yeah 100 percent. yeah it has something to do with you know once you cut the vast deference you become almost like a god at golf and hockey and everything you should try it it's elective so at least yeah because you're not worrying about like (laughs) impregnating people and shit (laughs) all right that stress weighs people down all the time and then when you lift that stress off you're good at hobbies you're good at sports everything trust me guys you ever did you ever watch uh, Blue Mountain State? No. So it was this comedy show about like college football, and the star running back he dated this gal who like 
wouldn't have sex with him because he said he was full up with testosterone and he would play better. So like, <laughs> he's like going out there playing and he's like foaming at the mouth because his balls <laughs> probably weigh a ton. That's actually, so that's actually a boxing thing. Like it, that's real. Like you're not supposed really? to do anything because like that you, you want to keep all the testosterone. I don't know if it's like a, a real rooted in theory or not, but <laughs> I I think the opposite is true for girls, though, because I remember, like, in an interview, Ronda Rousey said that she would have sex before her matches because it increases the amount of testosterone in her body. Okay. All right. I think. Huh. Or maybe that's just the penis going in, and that's taking, the testosterone. It's in there. Taking oh. the hot beef injection. I feel like this has taken such a great right turn. And back to the surgery. <laughs> Back to the surgery. <laughs> Which surgery? The, all I could see was a bunch of spinal fusion surgeries. Spinal fusion? Yeah. Oh, so that's, well, that's like what a, a tiger had. That's like see, an aftermath thing or a and real... that's kind of what I'm thinking is I think people do it for so long that they get their back fucked up because that's not a natural twisting motion that you do when you're golfing. No, not necessarily, but also that became famous because of tiger, but also tiger was a freak. Yeah. Too. Like he used to like go in like the off season and go train with like SEAL teams and stuff. Yeah. He did crazy he shit. He started Yeah, he started making golfers work out because he started working out and he was hitting the ball so much further than everybody. Everyone's like, "Oh shit, we can't be we can't be fat fucks and <laughs> keep up to this guy." Can't be John Daly anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> Bless his heart. <laughs> so, I mean like <clears throat> Nothing in your whole life you've been like, oh man, golf. This got me in trouble. I feel like there has to be a funny Johnny story somewhere in there. Spent too much on the club. Because. No, I already do that like every year anyways. Oh no. Uh, do you ever, uh, do you name your clubs? Just, no. No, when? No, I thought that would have been a it, thing. It, it, like on Caddyshack where he named his putter Billy Baru. <laughs> I thought that was, again, based in actual facts. Probably is. There's probably people that do do it, but I don't know. I'm not I'm not insanely hardo. I just love – my love of golf comes from – I like the history, and I love the golf course architecture. Golf course so, architecture. And is that – explain that a little more. So depending on where you're at in the world, the golf courses are built different. Correct. So if you go here, like, um, I'll say you like pick out your typical American course where it's um, very, very green. They just pretty much water the shit out of it and super soft green. So you can hit high shots and they'll stick onto the green and they won't roll out very much, but they'll have a lot of bunkers and water and like hazards versus if you go overseas and you'll go play like Scotland or Ireland or anywhere in England, everything is, it's built on sand dunes. And so they're just, the courses kind of naturally occur in there. And so all the fairways are just stupid hard and stupid fast. So you can't hit those high shots. You hit low running ones where they go off the ground, like yay high and they run for 130 yards and their bunkers are, they're layered sods. So they're probably like 10 feet deep in these sod layers. And so a lot of times you get in the bunker, you have to hit backwards to get out of there. You can't go forward because it's too steep. Whoa. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. no. So 
what you're saying is yeah. like depending on where you're at there are american traditional style courses yeah like i mean they're different courses but they have a same kind of faint americanness to yeah. them yeah there's actually uh, one of the books i read it's it was like kind of like intro to a book of golf course architecture there is 18 standard hole templates and i bet if you go to every single course you will find at least one of those templates that are from that book that they taken from back in the day um but i found that recently a lot of the new courses that are being built furthermore emulate what they are in like scotland or ireland these super wide open courses very firm very fast one because people are kind of they're getting bored with the american style they they think it's fun like if you go to like bandon oregon i'm sure you are familiar with that they have yeah. a bunch of courses like that and they're also like extremely cheap to maintain because they don't need a lot of the fancier irrigation they don't need 16 different lawnmowers to cut all the different heights they pretty much have a, a fairway mower and a green mower and that's all they need What's so, the what would would you say is the craziest course you've ever played on? I played this course in Central Washington called Gamble Sands, and it is it's pretty crazy. The it's right on the banks of the Columbia River, and so some of these holes you have no idea what you're hitting into. They have like a stick in the ground, and they're like, "This <laughs> is kind of the middle of the fairway. Just hit at that." And so you would hit, and then you would go up like probably 80 to a hundred feet. And then you would see your ball out there and you're like, Oh, cool. And you would hit like your next shot, like your greens over here, like right in front of you. And you're actually aimed like 70 yards to the right or the left and you hit and it lands and then you just watch it funnel down to the green. Like it's, it's, it's like an arcade game. That's cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's it was definitely a lot of fun. It's I played it twice. It's so expensive, but I keep playing it because it's so damn fun. And what what would you say is like the hardest course you've ever been on? Hardest course they made. It's south of Fargo, North Dakota. They had this cool old country club. It was called Oxbow Country Club, and I remember like we had state there in high school, but it was right next to the river, and flooding kept getting worse and worse every year. So they decided to like scrap like six or seven of the holes and move them more inland, and they made these holes so ungodly long and hard. And there's like no trees because they had to plant all the new trees, and they're all like five feet tall. So those like 40, 50 mile an hour North Dakota winds are like somehow always <laughs> into you. <laughs> so you're hitting like a par five, you hit your driver, you hit your three wood, hit your three wood again, then you hit like a five iron, you're like not even there yet. <laughs> so it's, it's a whole <laughs> journey to get halfway to the course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So but that one. I, I was going to ask you what the most uh, famous course you've ever played. Have you ever played like Pebble Beach or Bears Best in Vegas or anything like that or? I played a lot of the famous ones in um, in Minnesota. So, like, I've probably done all of their top ten courses I've played. They have these, like, super exclusive private courses that are, like, 80 to 100 grand initiation fees and stuff. Like, like your Interlochen or your Hazeltine, which they had a Ryder Cup and a couple of majors. And then you can go up north, and they have these cool little resort courses on the Indian casinos, and they have like, 
like the wilderness of Fortune Bay. It's like right on this beautiful lake, cut out of the boundary waters and different things like that. So there's a lot of those cool scenic courses. I need to get out and I need to travel. Oregon's on my list. So I need to go down that coast. Really I, I wish so bad I could be like, oh yeah, I've been to all the greats and here's the ones you need to go to. I'm not a golfer. I'm not even going to pretend. Yeah. I've actually golfed with my dad and some of his friends. And by golf, I mean failed miserably. Yeah, Multiple just got times. drunk in the cart. Yeah, that, that about sums it up, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that aspect that, of golf. Yeah, that's gonna be me and Sam this Saturday. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> we're we're playing at a we're playing at a scramble tournament together in Stephensville. It's this tiny little town south of us. Nice. So if somebody, because golf, this is the thing. I think I feel like woodworking. If somebody's like, I want to get into woodworking, you could kind of be like, oh, it's not that crazy. You know, just start doing it. You know. Yeah. I don't feel okay. like golf is one you can just start doing, is it? I mean, what would you suggest? Somebody like me, super ignorant, goes and is like, I want to get into golf. I want to be the next golf star. Is it too late okay. for my fat ass? What's going on? Oh, no. My dad started <laughs> My dad started when he was like 30, and he's been like a single-digit handicap for like probably the last 25 years. So anybody can get into it, but it doesn't – you can make it as expensive as you want it to be. Take Sam, for example. He didn't want to spend the money on clubs. He is borrowing a friend of ours who went through, like, he, and he's the opposite of him. He wanted to spend a lot of money on it. So he bought, like, an easy, like, a cheap intro set, and he outgrew that quickly, and he bought, like, a really nice high end because he really got into it, which I totally get it. But if you're somebody like Sam who plays roughly six to ten times a year, he, those clubs work perfect and you don't need, you don't need 14 of them. That's like the legal limits of clubs you can have. And everyone feels like they need to have this full set. He comes out, he'll bring a driver, a hybrid, a seven iron pitching wedge and a putter. So he has five clubs and that's all he really needs. Anything more than that just overcomplicates it. Especially if you're just getting into it. Hmm. Like that's exactly how I got my fiance into it. She had a very similar set makeup. We bought, her set new from an old golf shop I used to work at, and it was bag, all those clubs, like really nice quality clubs, and I think we paid 150 bucks for it. Oh, no oh, way. Wow, that's okay. way good. Yeah, so, yeah, it's you can make it as expensive as you want it. Like, you can go, <laughs> one of the guys also playing with me and Sam this weekend, he goes like, oh, yeah, I always go to the thrift stores in this town called Hamilton and south of us. And he's like, yeah, there's old people all over there, and they die all the time, so they have to put their clubs somewhere. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you what, oh, like, thrift stores in nice and, like, affluent areas are, are the best. So, in Oregon, we lived in Ashland, which was this pretty affluent area, big retirement area, college town, and uh, their goodwill is what it was called. Dude, you'd find like brand new Patagonia, sorry, Patagucci gear with like the tag still on it and the faint smell of death, but like one wash and that's gone. It's amazing the stuff that you can find at thrift stores in nice neighborhoods. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And there's also like, I've heard stories of like people going to like thrift stores and so there's a certain brand of putter where it's called Scotty Cameron. One of the brands makes it. It's their high end. They're 
super, super nice. They're, they don't depreciate in value. Like you can buy one for 300, for $350. It's not going to lose money unless you keep, unless you destroy it. And he found one of those putters for $10 at a thrift <laughs> store. And it's like a 300 some odd dollar putter. Wow. And so you can find some gems, like, just like what I was saying earlier, you don't need to have all of them. They could be mixed match. They don't, it doesn't matter. A golf club's a golf club. You just need that and a field to go whack a ball in. Yeah. Cause I, I feel like irons are just irons, right? They haven't done anything crazy to them yet. Oh no. It depends. <laughs> oh Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that's also like if you're going out and you're playing two to three times a week, then it will probably matter. But if you're just like, I want something like to go do and hang out with my buddies, that's it's going to be just fine. Gotcha. Because I've learned very quickly, one, golf is not a power sport, which is crazy. Like I always thought just whack the ball as hard as you can. It's going to go down the course and you're going to be further along than the next guy. I think there is obviously some power that needs to happen i whack the ball all the time and it just goes either left or right it never goes straight <laughs> you want to know what i do to try and compensate that i put myself at an angle of which way i'm going and then boom yeah. i'm going straight how does somebody fix that how does somebody fix the peroni's disease of golfing golf lessons are a fantastic investment. Oh, okay, good. they're okay. they're There's not no, like simple trick <laughs> no but <laughs> we always used to make fun of the people who like their whole golf swing is just a series of YouTube video tips put together and it <laughs> just looks so incredibly uncomfortable. But golf lessons are a fantastic investment. I, if I had $500 to like, okay, this is my budget, $500, I would spend probably more than half on the lessons versus the clubs. Oh, okay. You're going to get more out of your money. It's going to be easier to get into it. And it's not bad. You buy like a pack of lessons. It brings them down to like 40 bucks a, a pop, depending on where you go. Obviously, it goes up from there, depending on who's giving the lesson. But anything you need, like at your local course, they'll do just fine. Mm. Oh, okay. And where should somebody start? Is it, do they have, I'm just thinking mountain biking here. Do they have like black, blue, and green courses? That, like, you <laughs> go pick a black diamond course or something like that i don't know so there's something kind of like that so they have they're called executive courses they have they're pretty much all par threes they'll probably have a par four scattered in there or if they're feeling really crazy they'll have one par five but it's primarily par threes so all the holes are going to be about 200 yards or less that's a great place to start i am a humongous sucker for pitch and putts you ever played at one of those or heard of them no so there's one in Spokane, and they're just a riot. You can rent a club for a dollar. You can rent a golf ball for a dollar. So you need, like, a pitching wedge and a putter. <laughs> and you tee off on these little turf mats. The longest hole is, like, 118 yards. And there's, like, nine of them, like, on this, like, little, like, three-acre piece of property. Oh, that's awesome. And it's, it's, like, five bucks to play. They're fantastic. They're awesome. I think they're so much fun. Pitching The pots. last time we did – yeah, so the last time we did that, we had a – hockey group go up to Spokane for like an old man's tournament and our whole team played on one hole <laughs> so we had like 12 of us on one hole and we're all just shit-faced hitting pitch shots all over the place it was it was so much fun I love them they're so much fun because have you done um oh what's the place off 72nd top golf top golf have you done a top golf yeah Top golf is great, dude. That was, that's like a because, giant arcade game. Yeah, it essentially is. It's great because it. No matter how bad you are, you're gonna have fun. Oh, they have absolutely. food. They have drinks. Yeah. Like 
It's like an Applebee's with entertainment. It is definitely, that is the Applebee's of golf right there. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's great. And then every now, and the the best is to go people watch. So like when I, I've gone there like three times, like, like once in Arizona, once in Denver, I actually went to the Salt Lake city one too. Oh, what? You didn't invite me? Yeah. I didn't know you yet. It was like the first year (laughs) I moved to town and I went and like stayed out of the back, back end of my pickup for like a week out there. What? Oh, nice. Well, yeah, hey, next we, time you hit me up, I'll holler at it. I'll holler <laughs> at you. We'll have a good time, but it's great. Like you can literally dribble the ball, but it's also great to like people watch, as I was saying earlier. And like you get everything from the girls wearing eight-inch heels trying to swing to the guys that come there wearing black pants and a red polo, thinking they're Tiger Woods and bringing their clubs and range finding everything and taking it super serious. It's yeah. it's great. It's so much fun to people watch. I feel like people that take that serious also go to Chuck E. Cheese and take the skeet ball serious too. And <laughs> that, I don't like, feel like that's like the, a good place to take golf serious. <laughs> no, it definitely isn't. Especially since it's like to the back fence, it's like a little over 200 yards. Like it isn't very big. And also the golf balls have the GPS in them and they feel like marshmallows. Like they, they're garbage golf balls. <laughs> so it's like, why would you even try? Just go there and have fun. Yeah. So how how in depth should somebody get, let's say, week two into golfing, right? So they've spent okay. they've spent the initial hundred and fifty dollars. They've got the clubs. They're going to the executive course. They're having fun. What's the next stage? Honestly, the next stage you just gotta make it make it fun for yourself. Like nothing is worth doing if you can't make it fun. Like find a good group of people to go with. If you like to go by yourself, like if I go by myself, I put AirPods in and listen to nineties hip hop. It's you gotta, you gotta make it enjoyable for yourself. Like when I got my fiance and I hope it's a Wu-Tang. Oh, it's like Wu-Tang. I like a lot of tribe by quest. Tribe called quest. Quest. (laughs) Yeah. I'm playing five. I'm yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking a. (laughs) <laughs> i can't think i've been thinking about so much shit and i can't even fucking talk god damn it that's how we get Ugh. all of our guests we just confuse them to Ugh. the point where they're, they're like ah, i'm done <laughs> that's all we got they're like oh what are you really listening to <laughs> show me show me right now your spotify play mix <laughs> and then we get pleasantly surprised and we're like oh what your number one listen to is uh the one ounce pour? Yeah. Hell yeah. Boom. <laughs> hey. mine, mine is tied right now from the one ounce pour and from Byron to Floyd. So. Well, I mean, that's your other show. So. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You just plug Do your other show. Do you listen to your own podcast after you release it? No. Well, I don't. I do. Tom I does. I force him to so that we get the listener. <laughs> <laughs> I don't because I spend so much time editing the show that I, I hear every microsecond of the show. I just get sick of it. I don't want to listen to it again. <laughs> Is it your own voice or just listening to just it's it's you know everybody's hard on themselves just like every hobby yeah you know you sit there and you micro pick apart everything oh why'd i why'd i say this or why'd i do that and then you have to edit it so then you have to listen to the exact situation that you wish you would have done differently over and over and over and over again taking all the um and the out so 
it just becomes kind of a, I don't want to listen to it again. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was my goal coming into this. I wanted to avoid saying, um, and like using all those fillers as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. And all of our listeners will be shocked to know. I click my tongue so much just like, Oh, Hey, but then I just go in and I, it's, it pops up so clearly when you're editing, you can just see the like pop up that you go in and you edit it out and you're like, okay, we're good. <laughs> It's it's kind of like everyone um, like how I met your mother when the Robin was kept figuring found out she always says but um all the time and like a <laughs> bunch of college kids made it a drinking game and they would do shots every time she said but um and they just get shit faced at like the one a.m. news. <laughs> Yeah, in college, uh, I had a radio show, and I did that for about four years. I also ran the radio station. And my most frustrating aspect of the whole thing was how much effort and time I put into my radio show, which sounds really stupid, but we had a listener count. So I could see, I mean, I would, it's so fucking embarrassing. I would spend like (laughs) two hours, I would go to our local record store, I would get a full I mean, I'd get a whole bunch of vinyl. I'd like set the turntables up. I'd introduce all the artists. I'd give you tidbits about the artists. I'd tell you all this shit about it. And then I'd look over and I'd see like one listener. (laughs) 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 I spent so much time going in and like putting all this effort in and just to see one listener, it's devastating. So yeah, no, I don't really listen to this podcast. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Actually, I will say this. This is crazy. This last month, the month of July, we are at 140 active downloads. So the whole joke of like we have four listeners has gone crazy. And normally we only have a couple listeners, but it's been crazy for July. We've we've exploded a little bit and it's been nice. Mm -hmm. My goal is to hit 150. So tell all your friends to listen to your fucking show. (laughs) At least 10 of them. All this prep and time and everything doesn't go to waste looking down and seeing the one listener. And Drew's got a hell of a setup too. Oh yeah. My last show was literally off of two phones, me downloading it onto a computer, dropping it in, turning off the like end and starts. I mean like, yeah, that's good. Fuck it. Boom. <laughs> but you gotta start somewhere. And that's and that's the whole point of this. And that's the whole point of interviewing people like you. You know, it's this is my hobby now. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like golf. You gotta start with your couple clubs and then move mm-hmm. up to the expensive shit. Start getting a little bit better and start learning. I had to learn how to do Instagram and you're this doing week. Fantastic it's, at it. <laughs> it's been it's been terrible. Normally, I have other people do my Instagram for me <laughs> because I'm just not a social media guy. I've gotten like three likes, so I'm feeling pretty proud of myself, you know? My Hell mom, yeah. my wife, and I think Tom. So <laughs> Tom's going to go oh give you a God. like on your story uh, just in case here, bud. Yeah. To close everything up and wrap this up, how do you think golf has made you into... A different person like how does this hobby changed you a little bit it's funny because of how it shifted as a role in my life it kind of in like my high school through like my early college years it was a competitive thing so it was grinding away and like trying to be good and it gets frustrating but now it kind of morphed into a social thing for me it's a way for me to go out with my friends well have some beers, we'll play stupid money games, we'll bet on each other and laugh when somebody crumbles under the pressure of losing $2. It, it's fun the transformation it's made. Like we'll, we've got some plans for some of my friends out here in Missoula to go like do like a Northern Idaho golf trip, like go play Coeur d'Alene and stuff, or else go play Flathead Lake and play. And 
like get like a group of eight guys, get an Airbnb, just have a whole weekend of it. The way it's transformed is kind of, it makes it so much more enjoyable. For Did me. you feel that yeah. though? Did you feel that like when it went from being a sport to a hobby? Was there like an aha moment with that? Uh, yeah, it's when you start playing competitive golf and you think you shoot really good scores, but there's guys that are way fucking better than you and you're like that's the truth i remember like i remember like freshman year of college my first college golf meet i like go out there and i shoot a 73 and i come to the clubhouse i'm like hell yeah i'm a freshman i did this let's fucking go i'm jacked there's this dude from the university of like manitoba shot like a 62 and he beat me by 11 strokes and i'm like what the how does somebody come out here and shoot 10 under holy shit and now with your background because and not to throw this out there but like you have a you have a taekwondo background too right yeah that's what my dad does for a living right and because like i have a muay thai background and it became a hobby for me but i had a hard time letting it be a hobby you know because you have that competitive aspect to you and you're like i just got to keep going get better be better, beat the next guy. Do you have that with golf a little bit where it feels like, oh, yeah. like, oh no, this is a hobby. But then like secretly you're like, I'm going to fucking out chip the shit out of this guy. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, it's just human nature. to be competitive. Like, like when we play like money games with my friends, I want to take all their money out of their wallet, you know, like yeah. it's, it's just human nature to be competitive. And my favorite thing is, is when people like don't do good at golf, you get the same excuses. Like, like, yeah, like bad days happen. They happen. It's, it's a hard game and it's game of millimeters, but they like will get so down and so crabby on themselves. And then I usually come in with a sarcastic comment. I'm like, yeah, don't worry. I'm already judging you how you are as a human based on how you golf. <laughs> but well, because like, that's kind of what they think. And they're just like, oh, they don't like me. And like, no, no one thinks that. Just shut up and smile. There's so much truth to that. And I think when, for me, when it be, when anything becomes a hobby is when I can learn to just like smile during the hobby. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what it is. And I, it's Isn't weird. Isn't point of you doing it? Right. And that's the thing is I am 33, fat. You think? Out of shape. I know I had to think about that. Well, when you hit 30, everything just blurs. It's like, whatever. I don't know how old I am. I'm 30 something, whatever. I had to learn to just accept it as a hobby. Like a... Going back to Muay Thai, I I was doing pretty well against some of the, you know, guys in my class and stuff. And I thought, oh, I'm going to go and join the guys who do it professionally. (laughs) Thinking like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm good enough. I got good enough hands, you know, and blah, blah, blah. I got my fucking ass kicked, wiped. And I just like got up and I smiled and I was like, dude, that was fun. Like, that was really fun just to get Mm -hmm. my ass kicked. And then I was like, that... I think that's what kind of makes it a little bit on the hobby side is when you can stop being so frustrated at sucking at something and just smile a little bit and be like, dude, you're, you're 30 something. You're fat. Like this guy trains five days a week, seven days a week. And you train twice a week. Maybe (laughs) you're not going to go out there and, and ring this guy's bell or anything. And, Yeah, same with golf. For me, every time I go and I hit a club, it's fun just to be around people who are also enjoying themselves. When it stops being fun is when there's that one guy in the group that is like, you're slowing us down. Like, we got to figure this out. (laughs) What are you doing? Let's just golf. Like, we're having fun. Yeah. Yeah. That guy's taking it as a sport, not a hobby. Exactly. And it's at the end of the day, it's a game. Yeah, you're you finish up, you go eat with your friends, you have another beer, and and then essentially it's over. 
It's funny because it's such a different sport. I just want to kind of include this tidbit. You always, like, no matter how bad your day is, you always hit that one shot that brings you back to play again. Like, you can go up and blow up, but then on 18th hole, you'll sink, like, a 20-foot par, and you're like, fuck, yeah, let's go. I'm playing again tomorrow. <laughs> and if, when, since you were, like, contemplating throwing your clubs into the creek the last three <laughs> holes. <laughs> like, oh. it's it's... Sorry. Now you talked about archery, right? Yeah. You did archery, right? Have you ever played? Yeah, I bow hunted. Okay. Have you ever played archery golf? No, but I have played soccer golf. That's pretty dope. But you need to go out and find, I'm sure there's one in Montana. I found one in Oregon. Honestly, it, it was the most fun I've ever had in my entire life. It was insane. It's basically like uh, golf, but with a bow. It's like uh, it's more like frisbee golf than it is like normal golf. But they have targets yeah. all set play, up like, on and, a yeah. golf course. Do you like set it up on a golf course? No. So normally it's it's at a shooting range. The one that I was at was at a shooting okay. range, and it was a full walking course. And you basically had like different targets you had to hit at different ranges, and you know it was par like this is a three par and you shoot your arrow and if it lands like halfway then you walk up and you shoot from that halfway mark it was honestly like i can't even explain how much fun i had doing this <laughs> like i need to find that that's a hobby i need to get back into i did with my buddy ryan uh he was what six shows ago seven shows ago yeah about. anyway i did it with him and legit i don't know why i let this hobby die i need to figure out where there's archery golf around here i'm gonna do a follow-up <laughs> if i ever find an archery golf course around here it is so much fun i would you could be like the commissioner of the league if they don't have one dude it's great it was so cool though like if you mm -hmm. if you're into archery and you're into golf you need to find this and you need to do it it's so much fun oh heck yeah yeah it's actually a decent amount of courses bud are there really yeah Oh shit! Are they actual <laughs> archery golf courses, though? Looks like it, yeah. All right, we're gonna have a follow-up show where we do this, and we might even have Johnny down here doing it with us. We'll just live stream the whole thing. That'd be fun. I, I will do that. I don't know how to do that, so you need to do it for us. <laughs> just Instagram live. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> the camera's facing uh, the wrong way. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Hell My bad. Yeah. Okay, so now we know. We know a new hobby unlocked. Yep. Ching. And we could have it be a whole show, just new hobby for, uh, for, for everybody. So here's the crazy part. Uh, I just learned about this. It's called pa Patreon? Patreon. Patreon. Yep. We now have a Patreon page. I don't know so, what yeah. that means. Uh, so I will explain that because I, a All Patreon right. page. You uh, can pay us. You can give us money and we you will get certain benefits, such as possibly being a guest on our show, maybe f having a beer with Drew and Tom, all these fun different things that we can do. <laughs> that sounds fucking weird. <laughs> hey, is that how Sam got money? you to come to his bachelor party? Say what? Is that how Sam got you to go to his bachelor party? He paid me, yeah. <laughs> he's one of our he's our first patreon so yeah we said like, drew up hey uh you want to get into my bachelor party i was like oh but i don't know i don't know and he's like what if i give you uh 50 bucks i was like done easy and he's like and i'll sleep in the same bed as you and i'm like oh sold <laughs> got to share a bed with beautiful sam i did i can i can proudly say that i'm i'm one of two people in this world hopefully <laughs> Um, yeah, so we have a Patreon page. It, the real, uh, what you get for it is you also get a live chat with us oh, cool. during shows. You get to make suggestions on 
and this is the one I invented. You can tell us hobbies that you want us to try for you. Yeah. I like that. That's yeah. kind of fun. So if you tell us a hobby to try for uh, for you, I'll go do I don't care if it's yoga. I'll find a yoga place. I'll do it. I'll check back in and I'll tell you I'll, I'll go do how many times how many times I farted during hot yoga. I'll go I'll go do the hot yoga for you, Drew. I'll 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 oh, oh will you? One. Will you fall on the sword yeah, for that I'll one? I'll fall on the sword for that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, Because we live in Draper, uh, and uh, I know what's in Draper, so I'm okay yeah, doing hot exactly. yoga. Exactly. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, so, yeah, follow us on Instagram. Uh, Instagram, 1OZPoorPodcast. Email us at 1OZPoorPodcast at gmail.com. And then, honestly, give us some money. <laughs> Go on <laughs> Patreon. We need it to keep this going, you know. And uh, let's get to 150 listeners, let's huh? Let's do it. Woo! Johnny's gonna get us there with all his friends and his his stepdad, Kurt. Kent. Kent. God damn it! I'm sorry, Kent. Kent, if you're listening right now, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I wish you were my stepdad. That, that's He's a weird thing to 100% say. 100 probably gonna listen to this too. You know that. <laughs> Kent, you're my man. If you ever want to be on the show, hit us up. One sure OZ more, uh... podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> And that is our show. Thank you all for listening.